Hey, it's the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm joined as always by my good buddies Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Who debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of a variety of topics. And this time we're talking about early internet celebrities. Richard, great choice. Was it? Are we sure about that? I think so. Okay. Uh, I hope we don't run out of. I I don't know if I how many I remember, but I remember some some very fondly. So oh I mean. sure yeah I mean I I just chose this because um, I was thinking about someone specifically mm, of course and it was just what is your, what is your time frame what did what have you decided is Al Gore early, early internet Al Gore is the earliest <laughs> most of mine are like from and the early two thousands yeah. probably yeah yeah two thousand five I think once like. I think so, once YouTube becomes dominant, that's and social when it's like, media yeah. starts really happening. Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. anything and, before that, yeah, yeah, anything before that, where it's just like viral word of mouth sort of stuff. Hey, yeah. did you see this weird video that's on uh, yeah. E Bomb World, uh-huh. or whatever it is? <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. That we still use internet. Um, was there was inter- there was internet before there was the World Wide Web? Yes, the gra- or the, I think the graphic Gopher for, Web or whatever, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. So I love that, that. Maybe you guys are going to talk about somebody who was just in somebody's auto signature, like a <laughs> email Eddie, you know, or somebody who was on a a BBS somewhere. Right. Maybe. Okay, maybe not. Okay. So uh, Richard chose it. Michael starts. Okay, my first one. I have one that uh, maybe wasn't so terribly famous, and probably isn't famous in any way, but was famous um, with us in our little circle in uh oh. college and it was um the fake uh death metal band death of Cthon, that <laughs> these two never, guys never of course you did uh two guys in in my like hall in my dorm in like 1996 had like this geocities geocities yeah uh website that was uh it was this just faux death metal thing where they would just basically steal riffs from other like uh heavy metal songs like Megadeth and whatever and then they just sing like phony like uh death metal lyrics over and just you know and then they put it out and put out like little mp3s before we even knew what to call what them what they were um but it got to a point where uh they had some started writing their own songs and then started covering their own songs uh one of their songs was satanic lasso uh the fiery rope Grips your soul, repent to God, you won't let go, feel the pain, and now you know, wrath of Cthon, satanic lasso, and we just sing it all over. But uh, <laughs> there was also a very nice cover of Jewels, You Were Meant for Me. And, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, over like this, you know, like these kind of like, you know, garbage uh, death metal uh, guitar riffs and things. And, um, Real like death metal fans started like getting angry <laughs> at whatever they were. They were like, "This isn't your song. You didn't write this. This is totally stolen from this." And just getting, you know, they. And I remember that first feeling of like, "Oh, you can just kind of create something fake on the internet, mm-hmm. and people actually respond to it in a way that they maybe they think it's real or maybe they think you're serious, but it's hard to know." Because right. you're so far apart and you don't know who this all you all you see is a web page and like you know like death metal font of white on black and yeah. it's all skewed and jagged and you know and a song called 
satanic lasso and wow. a jewel cover. And like, I remember being like, you know, I was 18 and being like, I have like no experience on the web at this point. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a computer growing up that was really connected to the internet. All I had was like, I'd go over to my friend Eric's house and we'd, you know, play video games on his like 386 or 486, whatever he got handed down from his dad. Yeah. And like, we'd occasionally use the internet to look up how to get past like a certain level on mist or whatever, like whatever it was, it was so like, and I think Eric was more, you know, he, he's a lot more educated than me just full stop, but especially within uh, a computer world and mm-hmm. the internet. But like for my, like got super naive point of view, like I just didn't understand how like these two dopes from like Salt Lake city, Utah. No, not Salt Lake city, South Lake Tahoe. Oh, the, the SLT boys. <laughs> One was like, it was just like so strange that like they just created this thing out of like whole cloth. How do you spell it? I, I can't. Cthon. I can't find it. C C A T H O N C T H O N. Like oh. Cthon- yeah. Did you find it? Of course you didn't find no. it because it's like it was would have been on like a Josity's website okay. and you know okay. you know these things. Maybe the internet, uh, the Wayback Machine, could find it or whatever. But it's just one of those things where wow. like I just remember. I'm sure it's doesn't quite even meet the standards of mm. internet celebrity, yeah. but I remember it feeling like, oh, this has rankled somebody's yeah. nerves that are really into this many thousand miles away, and it's weird, uh-huh. and it's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. Richard. All right, so this is the person I was thinking of uh, originally, Tay Zonde. Oh, yeah. The right, singer, songwriter, performer of yeah. the uh, mega hit Chocolate Rain. Chocolate Rain. Rain. Mm-hmm. Um. And if for those of you who are too young to remember, there were this, there were as Michael, I think, like his choice also was, there were these, just weird musician types, that were just throwing their music on, on YouTube, on yeah. whatever, wherever they hap- it happened to be, just hoping that somebody would listen to it. I think right around this time, this is around two thousand seven. That might have been around the time when Justin Bieber first okay. broke on. On social me on social media, mm-hmm. like he was a YouTube kind of prodigy kid, so there were a lot of these sort of people, um, and Chocolate Rain was one of them. It's this really like I'm trying to explain the song. It's just this keyboard riff that kind of just repeats over mm-hmm. and over and over again, and the guy singing it is looks like he's about twelve. But he's got Barry White's voice. Yeah. And it looks, you get the, you almost have the sense that a little kid is lip syncing it, but it's not. That's really his voice. Hmm. And for some reason, he's subtitled every action that he does in the song or yeah. that he's doing in the video because the video is just him at a mic singing the song. So he'll caption it me stepping away from the mic to take a breath as he steps away from the mic to take a breath. Mm hmm. And it just it just hit people in the right way that it was just one of those things that like it just got emailed to everybody, and, you know. Didn't matter. It, it it was it was an early example, I think, of something happening on the internet that like kind of brought people together. Yeah, because like everybody everybody knew who Tayzonde was. I didn't remember matter. them talking about it on TV, and that drew me to the to see it on the the web. I think. Yeah some talk show host or somebody was talking about it. Yeah. 
I also find it interesting that you know the the you've both talked about music and then Death of Kathong was a musical kind of satire or parody. Yeah. And Tay Zonde was real social commentary. That was Yeah, I mean if you actually listen to the lyrics of the song, yeah. it's about like Katrina and how black people were treated during yeah. during that time and it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody would actually listen to the lyrics. All they they win is uh-huh. oh fifteen year old kid who sounds like Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> that's all they that's all they cared about. Yeah. I think they're really really interesting. Uh and the idea that we wouldn't be that uh ins- inspired for change around the lyrics, but for whatever reason he he probably got more visibility than if he were to write it in a, po- a poetry journal or, or something like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, Hey, look, punk was DIY. And so was this. Uh-huh. Tazande was as punk rock as the Ramones. Yeah. In his own weirdo kind of way. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Michael, what, uh, what I'll, it? I'll stay with a, another young kid and it's the unfortunate star Wars kid. Also oh, on my list. okay. Oh yeah. Where, uh, I don't, quite know how to pronounce his name um i'm gonna give it the old old college try gizlane raza Mm -hmm. who's this canadian kid who was just uh filmed himself with like uh some piece of sporting equipment and like you know at his school uh swinging around a stick like he was darth maul in a star wars episode one the phantom menace Mm -hmm. doing high kicks and whatever and you know being generally a geeky 13, 14 year old, however old he was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he forgot about the tape and some other kid found it <laughs> and then uploaded it to the internet. And there you go. And this kid has been paying the price for yeah. it ever since. Uh, you know, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know that I laughed out loud because it was just ridiculous to see. Yeah. Because it's so, I think. Um, had you seen it uh, effectified? Like I'd seen it with a lightsaber, or sorry. When I first saw it, I saw it regular. Yeah. And then, of course, you've seen different versions mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, all the remixes and what have yeah. you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think uh, this this boy, they uh, ultimately tried to uh, sue for kind of damages of, yeah. like, yeah. you know, kind of emotional damage. Emotional distress and distress and they settled out of court and he's kind of tried to you know from i think about a decade try to distance himself from that whole thing in general because of uh in part trying to bring some sort of uh oh what's the word closure closure some sort of but also kind of like not bring more attention to it than needed to yeah uh the cyber you know kind of the cyberbullying aspect of it uh, I think he, by not owning up to it or by not being like becoming the face of it, I, I'm having hard words trying to figure out what to say. But he basically, I think, didn't want to gain any notoriety or fame from it. He didn't uh-huh. want to give it any additional air oh. of, of credence of like uh-huh. this is what you should do to become famous. It was like. Uh, I just want to go, go live yeah. my life as a 13-year-old or whatever. <laughs> I mean, he did go on to kind of parody himself in a mm-hmm. white nerdy Weird Al video. But mm-hmm. eh. If Weird Al calls, you, you answer the, the call. The answer is yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 
Was it the somebody was like the Ermagerd Gersberms girl? There was a who I think turned out to be kind of a had had a was able to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. Mm, right, she was granted some dignity into it, but uh, I think this guy had a rough time with it with them out of bullying and it's also like the first time. Like, uh, can you imagine like when it, the first time you saw, you saw yourself doing it too? That must uh-huh. have been so hard. Yeah, the. Oh shit! What Jeff, what was the first the first time you accidentally loved a video of yourself like doing doing uh, Batman, and, and oh, somehow man. you found it? <laughs> I think I've been fortunate to always have been such a goofball that yeah. people kind of assume that I'm doing it as a joke. Uh, yeah, Star Wars kid in the, in the also in the realm of um, sci-fi, uh, unfortunate sci-fi uh, celebrities. Who was the uh, the Tron? Tron cosplay guy. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> guy. Well, I think it was parodied by Family Guy. Yeah, what, what an interesting thing, because that, especially earlier on in that time, there wasn't any kind of cyberbullying legislation, I imagine. I would imagine were... not. I mean, it also depends. It's, he's Canadian, so who knows what a Canadian law mm-hmm. speaks to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, looking back, it I kind of got a warm feeling for, for a Mountie that. just rides by and says, "Hey, knock it off, eh?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they have cyber bullying laws in Canada. I don't know if they expect anyone to be anything other than totally polite. Totally polite, yeah, kind of all the time. They they just cannot. They they, they had no way to legislate uh-huh. that. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, halftime. Well, I, I didn't even know they had Star Wars in Canada. Huh. Did they? Oh my god. Hmm. <laughs> they call it back bacon, though. <laughs> <laughs> We are at our halftime and going to invite you to download, rate, and review past episodes and then go to our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and suggest a topic for our uh, hosts to discuss. That would be super cool if you did that. And do us a solid and share the Mount Rushmore podcast with somebody. Somebody who you know is into cool stuff, man, because then it'll be like your tape trading back in the 80s or something like that you're sharing some cool cool content we'd appreciate it and we're back and it is i guess richard you wanted your third yeah my third choice uh everyone's everyone had an early friend on the internet (laughs) okay that friend was tom from myspace oh yeah everyone remembers tom from myspace your friend yeah my friend everyone's friend Mm -hmm. Um, he was the he was the, one of the founders of MySpace. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Tom Anderson. And when you first signed up to MySpace, you automatically got him added to your friend list. Yeah. yeah. Before you went through your address book, your email list, before you started manually adding people, mm-hmm. there was Tom. Oh. He was there for you. Oh. And Tom just kind of became. It's just interesting that he he became this sort of running gag but in reality he's a multi multi multi-millionaire now because he was one of the founders of myspace and wound up selling it for like 600 million dollars yeah so i I think go ahead i was gonna say i i I find him fascinating because rather maybe he's the butt of a joke maybe he's not Mm -hmm. what does he care yeah He's, he's he's got 600 million reasons not to care if he's a became an internet meme or not. Mm-hmm. I think one of the intriguing aspects about I think this is a very very nice choice. I think one of the intriguing intriguing aspects about it is he never changed the profile picture. It was always that 
picture of him like in a white shirt, <laughs> yep. kind of looking over his shoulder ish. And it was never like uh, updated. It yeah. never got uh, fancier. He never, he always remained the same amongst the sea of MySpace turning into like the, um, you know, kind of gift from hell. Yeah. Uh, blinking. Everything became mm-hmm. like rhinestone studded and yeah. would break your web browser mm-hmm. but there was tom right in the middle of it or right at the beginning right at the front that was just yeah. like ah, same old tom looking at a computer could yeah. i call could i call him for tech support <laughs> is he the guy that like tells you to turn the, the laptop on and off again to get everything to work mm-hmm. is it tom is or is he just like and i think back then we had no concept that someone would found something like myspace and become a multimillionaire off of it uh-huh. like you know back then it was just like oh some computer geek came up with this like Mm-hmm. Like internet space where you can talk to other people. Yeah, that's neat. My but it was it was it, it felt almost like someone who started an online forum. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, this picture. I mean, yeah, you can't see yeah. it for the audience, but like, it's we all know the it picture. is so boring. Yeah, it's and maybe so that's why it worked. Yeah, I think so. Because he's just sort of a pleasant-looking guy. You know, you just feel good when you see mm-hmm. Tom from MySpace. I I, I feel how good looking you, at the old, picture. Oh, how old do you think Tom is now? Uh, fifty. Fifty-one. Yeah. Does it seem like he... I hope he hasn't done anything awful that we... No, I don't think he has. He's mainly been surfing and uh, doing lots of photography, which is basically, without the surfing, what what I would do if I had $500 billion. I love that photo because it seems like he's sitting at a computer. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not... And there's a whiteboard behind that tells you how to log in. Like he's in a startup. Like password's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think Zuckerberg whatever be say hey i'm just sitting at the computer trying to make some more facebook for you like that's not, not that's not the ethos of yeah what a, what a just what a divergent pairing uh-huh. like i mean can you imagine they must have met long for a long time or yeah. must have known each other in tech circles and whatever yeah um just uh, can you imagine being in a room with like two you know founders of tech giants and they're probably very you know Disparate people. Oh yeah. I mean, Zuckerberg seems you know kind of like Wozniak and versus, weird and whatever. Versus and Jobs. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, back in uh, 2020, someone posted a thing about. Remember Tom? This was on on Twitter, and how great MySpace was, and he never tried to influence elections or mm. or uh, you know steal all your data or lobby against privacy yeah. during the elections, <laughs> and. Tom from MySpace popped up with a couple of heart emojis and then a hang ten emoji, <laughs> and everyone freaked the fuck out. His Twitter handle is MySpace Tom. Mm-hmm. He's like leaning into this, and I I love that about him. That he's he's not he he understands that he is not just Tom Anderson, the founder of MySpace. Yeah, he is Tom from MySpace, mm-hmm. and he's just happy to be that guy, like Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> yeah, basically, I want Tom to give me one of those little. Steve from Blue's Clues yeah. speeches. Pep talk. You want, you want yeah, Tom pep to come, talk. You want Tom okay to come back that. and be like, it's okay. <laughs> I know I went away. but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry I left you with all that kind of rhinestone studded, um, <laughs> all, all the emojis that didn't make sense. And suddenly the, um, you know, all of the, the dancing cats came across the screen and mm. everything broke. And yeah. <laughs> then somehow it's a music player. A, blink, a blinking rose in a reflecting pool. Yeah. That's... I think they, yeah, I think they, they only, I think MySpace only kind of got um, kind of off the rails when it kind of went into like becoming like MySpace music when like it became this hub for 
new bands to post their stuff. And then there was like, oh, well, let's lean into this. And I think it mm-hmm. kind of went away from like the social networking aspect and became yeah. something more focused towards Wasn't putting out music. Or Were you on Friendster before MySpace? Of course. Yes, okay. of course. Tribe.net, did anyone have that? Oh, I haven't heard that. That's how I re-met my, um, my good friend Julie. Oh. Friendster. Was oh. just like out, out of college and just like, uh, you know, some years removed from high school. It's just like, oh, you're on Friendster. Hey, this is Michael from North Hollywood. Hi, how are you? I'm living in <laughs> Seattle now. What's up with you? know? Yeah. And then there you go. Friendster. I remember before, before my, well, maybe it's Facebook. Before Facebook, um, I had all this kind of wonder, or at my 20th high school reunion, mm. it was kind of a wonder, like, uh, what, have, what have they been up to? What have they been doing? And then after Facebook came around, everybody's on. It was like, fuck, I know, I know what everybody had for lunch. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> not a, not a, no question about what people have been up to. Winfield, my third choice Michael. is scrolling, scrolling. There you go. <laughs> just, just the idea of scrolling. Just scrolling. Uh, it is the uh, internet personality, the techno Viking. Oh, that's that awesome guy. Uh, in 2000, he was this gigantic uh, German, mm-hmm. could be German, could be Norwegian, yeah. just kind of vaguely huge and brutal and blonde and buff mm-hmm. guy that was um, a participant in the German fucks parade. <laughs> Is that what, what it was? I just seen it a was, video. It was a parade that was like dedicated to uh, techno music, but in a loving way. But, oh, you okay. know, it's all cra- it's German and crazy. Yeah. And the video is just this guy uh, being filmed and because he was always going to like dance or whatever and have mm-hmm. like an entourage. And there's this other like kind of blue haired girl that's standing there and she's kind of dancing and some drunk guy comes up and kind of approaches her. And this huge just like shirtless buff, yeah, like Viking looking guy just grabs him, pulls him to the side, point and starts pointing at him for him to like. Yeah, you sit right there, or you stand there, and don't you fuck around. Yeah, and he's just pointing, and just this image of this, you know, what it must have been like to, to fight the Goths. In, yeah, in, uh, <laughs> in like you know, in like Greece or, or in mm-hmm. uh, in in Rome, just these this huge barbarian looking guy. Yeah, and then this music starts playing, and then yeah. he just starts dancing, and like just down the street, he has this like this parade of followers, and he's just like this. Techno dancing Viking guy, and it's like oh, so yeah. strange, and it's out of the blue, and it's uh-huh. just so weird. Doesn't it's, somebody hand him a bottle of water and to sip someone water? Gives, someone gives him a bottle of water, and it's like turned upside down, mm-hmm. and he looks oh, yeah. over at him, and he takes the water and just drinks it. But he, it was like he had to check it off yeah. first. Yeah, it's very strange, and he just looks. I think he's aware of the camera, but in a way, yeah. Apparently, this guy has never like revealed who he is. Okay, he's never like delved into the fame of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some other people have tried to claim they are that person, but then okay. he has come out and like anonymously like sued them for like some weird impersonation yeah. being like, don't claim you're me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not me. And he's won like these lawsuits, but wow. he's remained still to this day, like anonymous. Yeah. Whatever. But I just remember being so crazy. I remember at the time it came out in like 2000, 2001 and then like a bunch of years later um 
one of my kickball teams, I can't remember which one it was, whether it was the Hobos, the Hobo Olympians, or whether it was the KGBs, we played the Robotic Viking Uprising. Oh. And I thought, well, he should have been called Techno Vikings. So <laughs> Come on. Missed opportunity. Robotic yeah. Viking Uprising. That That's like close. It should just be the thing. That should just be the techno. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I, it's funny to have nostalgia for something like that, like, which was a, mo- a part of something that's modern and silly and dumb. So, okay. Um, man, Freddie, this is it, man. All right. My last choice is me. Oh, oh shit. Superman Freddie. Oh. oh, wow. The ego that this guy has. <laughs> well, you amazing. don't get to be an internet celebrity yeah. without having an ego. Okay. So... If you guys haven't seen it yet, go on and just, just type in <laughs> Superman Friday on YouTube. You'll see a little video of uh, our first, uh, the awesome Helicopter Ninja's first championship mm-hmm. victory. And I was playing catcher and I made a play where I kicked the ball to uh, Scott Putnam playing for space. And it was a really sweet play. Well, our buddy Scott Jones had uh, his friend recording the whole game because reasons yeah because i don't we, know yeah. why we just yeah it just felt like something that we, that it needed to be mm-hmm. recorded for posterity's sake and unbeknownst to me uh one night it was i believe michael it was you and ashley lovesmith were over at scott jones's yeah and you guys scott started editing this video and i believe ashley had the idea to put you are- super mario music Okay. And match it up with the mm-hmm. action. So whenever I kick the ball, it goes. You are one. That yeah. was that was all a Ashley Lovesmith production. Oh, just her idea of like, yeah, it should it should have like Mario music. And then I think I don't know if it was Scott or me that came up with the the additional Mario sound effects mm. of and then like the whatever it was, the catching. Oh, right, it's perfect. It's perfectly edited by it's Scott a, it's as, a, as always. It's incredible. And so this became like a fun thing around our little kickball world. And that's all I ever thought of it as. I went and looked the other day. This thing has 16,000 views. That's pretty good. That's shocking to me that 16,000 people thought it was interesting to watch some fat guy kick a kickball with Super Mario Brothers music. Uh, Yeah, I think it was just because... How did we get here? Yeah. How did I get? <laughs> how did we get to sixteen thousand views? Mm-hmm. I'd love to have sixteen thousand listens of this <laughs> podcast, and I've been working. We've been working hard at uh-huh. this for six years to get to that point. Any comments? We're actually past that at this point, but you know the you you get yeah. the general idea. Accidentally, we I got sixteen thousand people to watch this dumb video of me, mm-hmm. and I didn't even do anything. Yeah. Do you think that's uh, Skojo's most watched video? Or, uh, or yeah. maybe is it? Maybe it's his. Um, did the Royals win Manny the World Adams, Series? Uh, Manny Adams doing push-ups has twenty-two thousand. Oh, Manny Adams, that was a good one. Uh huh. But all the other ones, though. Oh, oh, you know what? I take that back. That's not even the most viewed uh, awesome helicopter ninjas video. Mm, what is? Uh, the healing miracle. That's uh, a Michael Winfield <laughs> joint. How many, <laughs> how many views does that one have? Thirty-six thousand. What? Yeah. So I will count you, not just me. Mm-hmm. I would say the awesome helicopter ninjas as a, a concept. I was thirty five thousand of those views. Yes, probably. <laughs> but it's weird because like some of the other stuff we did, like the safety video, 
has like 200 views. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Come on, let's so it. it's just this weird thing that a, a few of these things caught on. Hmm. Not all of them did. Yeah. But some of them did. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I, I would say you are also like a Viking, Richard. Like, yeah, I would that's say true. I, we I have hear the techno- that a lot. I think you have a swarthiness <laughs> to you, and you have a durability, and you have an athleticism to you that would put you in the a, Viking category. A grace? A certain grace? I would say, oh, definitely. Elon, maybe? Yeah. Nice. I would say that was mind-blowing when I saw that video. Like, I didn't know you could just kick instead of pass. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was pretty mind-blowing. Innovative. All right. Uh, congratulations, Winfield. Richard. Yeah. Congratulations. And congratulations, Superman Michael. Freddy. And congratulations, Michael, for, yeah. for healing Scott Jones. Final choice. Uh, my final choice is um, Kara Cunningham, uh, who Ooh. was previously known as uh, Chris Corker. No, oh, Chris Crocker. Chris Crocker, thank you. Um, who is the uh, infamous Leave Britney Alone? Yeah. Oh, very okay. good choice. Um, you know, she, not as good as me, but a very good choice. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have as many views as you do. She has twenty-two million more views. <laughs> yes, <laughs> than you do. But not in um, two thousand seven, um, when Cara was uh, uh, still known as Chris, um, was putting out like a series of videos, like defending Britney Spears, and part of it was like it just like this kind of undying love for Britney Spears, but mm-hmm. also like uh, Spears was kind of trying to attempt this comeback of being, I don't know, kind of out of the public eye or trying to reshape her image mm-hmm. or whatever. And I guess I started thinking of this because of obviously the kind of free Britney stuff that's been going on yeah. for the last few years. And over the last several months, it was really kind of spiked. And um, I think that there's been a kind of more general um, recognition of like, Kara's uh, initial like reaction to this person needs to be kind of left alone and allowed to be who they are. Uh-huh. Hmm. And, um, you know, this person was mocked for like this kind of emotional video. Yeah. Uh, they were mocked for just kind of not wanting Brittany to go down the same path that, uh, Anna Nicole Smith had kind of oh. recently, uh-huh had happened to her Mm -hmm. um and it's just very emotional but like it just blew up and you know uh, at the time uh chris crocker went on various uh uh tv shows and you know became famous for this emotional outburst and this defense of another celebrity and in turn gained um their own kind of celebrity from it um and it's just one of those things where like oh man sometimes they're just right at the beginning yeah, they just they even the even though the emotion of it was like overwhelming, like I, they seem to have read the situation around Britney Spears and like her impending kind of celebrity doom and oh, yeah. downfall. And it's just like, yeah, this uh, she could kind of see that she, uh, Britney Spears was going to be kind of hounded to death by celebrity mm-hmm. and by the press and the world at large. And it was just like, man, uh, got it right when you get it right. It must be wanting to do like victory laps now, but not quite because ultimately you just wanted this person that you admire to be healthy and, mm-hmm. you know, not kind of under the uh, public eye so much. Didn't she, didn't she do leave Octomom alone the next day? That was the next 
I'm trying to think. I, I, See, I don't know. I, no. <laughs> I, I, I totally... I, I don't know how, you know, for some people like that, I don't know how much they will, in, you know, will lean into whatever the thing is that made them famous yeah. to keep making them. Like, I, who was the lady that was like, uh, you know, there's always like a Chewbacca mom. Like the oh, Chewbacca, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. God, are you going right. to wear that out until... But then there's like, what else do I have? Mm-hmm. All I'm going to be is can I make these $1,500 appearances on CNN or whatever yeah. it is? And just, all right, I'll just keep doing Chewbacca mom and make this money while I can do Chewbacca, Chewbacca mom. Right. That's a real interesting poll because I remember responding to the maudlin nature of this person's plea and thinking you're making about you. It's, this is about you. This is not about Brittany, mm-hmm. but it was a cautionary message for the, uh, destructive elements of of uh of celebrity and those persons who are uh driven to uh yeah to to try to find a a way out of that the negative aspects of it so it it is interesting it's kind of like the right message coming from a person who seemed to be seeking celebrity themselves so that's if you watch like the the first like leave britney alone video like the the majority of it is just very like uh, downplayed and uh-huh. straightforward, and then it's just like this emotional outburst. Oh, okay. like, so it leads up to this okay. big thing. Yeah, but at the same time, that the that's all anybody remembers from it. Mm-hmm. You remember the the thing that's going to be played that can be played on CNN quickly and yeah on repeat or on Fox or you know mm-hmm. Geraldo. Yeah, I don't know Sally Jesse. Yeah, God, now I'm dating myself. Richard <laughs> Bay. Oh God, Phil Donahue, Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> Morton yeah. Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Sally uh, Jesse. <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah, this is Jenny Jones. Jenny Jones, good one. I met Jenny Jones. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was working at Barnes and Noble in Oakland, California. Oh, okay. <laughs> she did a wait a second. What were you in Oakland? Wait, wait. <laughs> uh, 295 episodes and we haven't heard any part of like the Northern California 97. life experience of Jeff Hopkins. Oh. 97, she did an author event to promote her book, and it was always people who like uh, they did San Francisco the day before, and they did Oakland the next day. I think uh, Susie Orman came through doing an author event. Um, I remember Prince Andrew docked his boat in the port of Oakland, and he he basically needed to go th- the Barnes and Noble. There is on the port of Oakland. He basically needed to go ashore. So we Ricky, had to- Lake. <laughs> Ricky yeah, Lake, Ricky Lake, um, uh, Art Link letter. So uh, he had to walk through the bookstore. So they set up this big display of books and uh, about the royal family and stuff like that. He just walked through with his bodyguards, did not say anything to anybody, and just sped through that store mm. as fast as he could. Uh, yeah, Jenny Jones. Mm. And uh, her book has a big thing about uh, how she played the drums earlier on in her career. Mm. Those drums were my ticket out of that small town I grew up in. <laughs> like Karen Carpenter. Okay, sorry. Jeff Cast is over. Let's go with Tay's on day, chocolate rain in it. Let's go. I this is two Star Wars things in a row, but let's go with Star Wars kid. We uh, spoke last episode about Star Wars holiday special. And uh just because of the just the the youthful exuberance I felt uh from the death of Kathong, I want to go with that. And uh, you know what I'm not gonna do? Superman, Freddy. I don't want to fan the. Flame. I wouldn't either. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't blame you on any level. For that. I, I In fact, f- I respect you more for not. Okay. It, so. Okay. And 
Tom from MySpace, we need you more than ever. Oh, yeah. Come please, back. Please come back. Come back, Shane. Okay. This has been um, a mistake. Y'all should have said Super Greg. Why were you not saying Super Greg? Who? You haven't heard of Super Greg? No. Okay. Is he like Super Dave? Super Greg was on the surface. It was he seemed to be from South America or Iran or something like that. Ooh. But he was a celebrity DJ in his own mind playing clubs uh and he was posted with his entourage what he was really was sasha baron cohen ah in 2001 2002 and he was created by lee jeans and lee jeans created about four or five different bizarre internet characters hoping that they would be able to make one of them a a, a ironic celebrity wow Wow. And they succeeded. Well, the most successful one was Super Greg. And then since after he became kind of a cult, gained some cult interest or underground celebrity, then lo and behold, they have a commercial of him um, or a web video of him DJing in a DJ battle with Buddy Lee, who was, I guess, a spokes doll for Lee Jeans. So they kind of incepted Super Greg. They huh. created all these ironic celebrities, and then when one gained favor, well, they all, wrote it. Yeah, they they already they already had had him because they created him. Right. Hmm. So, yeah. huh? Uh, okay, that's that has been the Mount Rushmore of internet's early internet celebrities. Um, my name is still Jeff Montel Williams. Good one. Nice. Is his name Montel Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Should be. I'm Richard. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just Michael. <laughs> That's enough.